Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of LifePoint Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, check out lpcvan.com forward slash youth. Citizens! Merry Christmas! I said Merry Christmas! Oh, Merry Christmas, Bob! Oh, man. Guys, I'm so excited about the Christmas season. Does anybody feel some holly jolly joy in your heart? Oh, man. Guys, I'm loving these Christmas ornaments. These are fantastic. Oh, man. You'll get to take home, did, did, uh, I don't know if that was clear, at the end of our Christmas season, on the 20th when we have our Christmas party, which BT dubs on the 20th, you must wear the most marvelous and ugly Christmas sweater you possibly own. Yes. On that day, on the 20th when you will be wearing a marvelous Christmas sweater, you get to take home an ornament, okay? If you brought an ornament, you get to take it home, which is super exciting. I love, I love these ornaments. Guys, there's something about the Christmas season that just kind of makes me nostalgic. Do you know what that word means? You're just like, you know, thinking through things that have happened in the previous years, you know, previous Christmases, things that have happened in your life. And uh, 18 years ago, uh, a small family of five hopped in a car and they left behind everything that they had. A mom, a dad, two boys and a girl, They packed up the dishware, the bedding, the Ninja Turtles, the stuffed animals. Ninja Turtles before your time? Yeah? Ninja Turtles, man. Uh, They hopped all in the car and started heading into the general direction of the Northwest. They left behind those friends that were more like family, the purple Rocky Mountains. Yes, they are purple at sunrise. It's quite amazing. And they headed to the great Northwest. And in the back seat of this car was a small, blonde, freckled, angry child who was mad that she had to leave Colorado and was stuck in this tiny place, which was not tiny, but is called Portland, Oregon. And as we're driving through Portland, Oregon, you might guess who this story is about. Um, uh, I had anger problems as a child, by the way, so I was like fuming in the back seat. And my father turns around and he says, okay, You have to see the city at night. It's stunning. And years later, this small freckled child is now slightly more redheaded and is 25 years old. And to this day, my father was right. There's something about the lights in Portland at night. And the other week I was driving up through Prune Hill, you know, like the uppermost hillish portion of Prune Hill at nighttime where you can just like see all of Portland, you know? And I remember the first time I saw that site and I was like, this is home. This is home. This is beautiful. And to this day, uh, I love just going up to that hill. Like anytime I have to like visit people in Camas, I just kind of stop on the hill for a bit and just kind of stare out on the river, right? There's just something about those twinkling lights at night and seeing that view. And the funny thing about lights, like to see those city lights at night, like it has to be night, Right, to see these like twinkling lights, it has to be night. And there's something about, I think specifically in this Christmas season that we love twinkling lights, right? Look, the stage, twinkling lights, right? Most of you who have lights on your house already, 
Please say yes, you do. Yes, we just love these twinkling lights on our house, right? And it, it's, it was a tradition, right, started years before us where uh, during the darkest uh, part of the year, otherwise known as winter, we bring light into our life, right? The pagans call it, you know, winter solstice, right? And they bring in light into their house to get through the winter solstice, which is the darkest night of the year, right? We bring in, uh, you know, things of light and things of hope in our life. Uh, Christians, we get to celebrate it um, as we, we celebrate with lights too, but we know um, that it's because the true light has come, right? That we get to celebrate that Christ has come and that he is the light and we get to, uh, to look at these lights and remember that in those dark portions uh, of our lives. And uh, we're in a series right now called Ascend. And we aren't the only people who uh, have celebrated this idea of light and hope coming to our lives. Um, We talked last week about how these psalms that we're in right now, these songs of ascent, were the songs of a group of people who would literally ascend the hill up to the city of Jerusalem to look for their hope, their coming hope, as they celebrate um, that hope. And we, uh, last week, we asked the question of who keeps you? And as we got to the top of the hill, we ascended the hill with the psalmist and we saw that the one who keeps us is the one in a manger. But the funny thing about hope just like the funny thing about twinkling lights is you have to see it at night. The funny thing about hope is that it usually means that the present circumstances that you are in are not ideal, right? You're looking for the end of this circumstance you're in, or you're looking for the relief of these circumstances you're in and, and, and that you're in. And the night is kind of a funny thing. Well, for the twinkling lights, for the lights on your house, uh, multicolored or red and green. Uh, the night is, uh, is a beautiful time to see those twinkling lights. For those of you who love sleep, whew, I love sleep, and enjoy sleeping, right? The night is a sweet time of sleeping, but if you have ever um, been stuck up all night long, the night is a painful thing, right? As you are watching the hours on the clock tick by, Right, you make it to midnight and you're like, okay, I could probably still get some sleep. And then one o'clock and then two o'clock and then three o'clock and then four hits and you're like, ah, it's too late. There's no way I could sleep now. And you're watching the half hour tick by and it gets to five, 5.30, it's 6 a.m. and the sun still hasn't come up because guess what? It doesn't come up till 6.37. You're like, when will this night end? Will the darkness ever end? And we feel these moments of, a seemingly endless night. And what do we do? What do we do in the darkness? What do we do in those nights? There are nights maybe that you've experienced like that, but sometimes there are seasons of life like that, isn't there? Where this season of life that you're in just kind of feels like that endless night, that endless watching of the clock go by. And what do you do? What do you do in the dark? seasons of your life? What do you do uh, when the night feels endless or when you feel like you don't see any light or, or you can't see your hope or if there is hope or I can't even feel a, a semblance of joy or happiness? What do I do when I feel like I'm drowning in the depths? And this is 
the passage we're gonna look at today. We're gonna listen to a song from a psalmist who was experiencing a, what felt like an endless night, a portion, a season of his life that uh, felt long and felt heavy and felt endless. And we're gonna see what do we do in the darkness? What do we do in the dark seasons of our life? So Psalm 130, the psalmist says, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love. And with him there is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Have you ever felt this kind of desperation? This like guttural cry of, Oh Lord, out of the depths, I cry to you. Oh Lord, hear my voice. Like, have you, have you ever had the sensation? You know what it feels like to feel forgotten, right? Or to feel alone or, or to feel someone who has sinned against you, right? Or, or, or a broken relationship or to be crushed by some fear or some insecurity. Like, I don't think we are, are strangers in these situations, and, and who do we cry out to in these moments, right? When you are, are, are feeling the weight of, of life, right? When you're feeling that brokenness, that disconnection of relationship or where you are stuck in your own cycle of sin or someone sinned against you, like who do we cry out to? Who do we call out to? Where does our help come from? And I, I think we, all, we like to be problem solvers. I personally love to be a problem solver. And we, we, we look to certain solutions, right? If your problem is anxiety, right? You know, get more sleep, like eat better, like lessen your caffeine intake. Um, uh, you know, if it's a, a relationship issue, right? It's like, oh, just cut that toxic person out of your life, right? Or, or mend this relationship or, or maybe you're struggling with school and it's like, oh, I just gotta manage my schedule better and I gotta work harder. And, and sometimes we cry out to these, these certain solutions or maybe, uh, you know, in those moments when you're feeling overwhelmed by life, you turn to that person that you know will like always answer your text message, that will always be there for you. We often cry out to these things, but who do we see the psalmist cry out to in this text? Right, he says, out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. There's this really cool thing happening here in this text. And if you have your Bibles open, um, you'll see that your uh, Bible translators have done something super cool with your text. And if you see a capital L-O-R-D, capital L-O-R-D in your text, that is your uh, Bible translator giving you a heads up that he's using the actual name of God, right? So he's saying God, Yahweh. Yahweh as the name of God that he told his people to call him in Exodus 34, right? He, we see that when the psalmist is crying out to, he's crying out to God. He's crying out to Yahweh, 
And then we see in verse two that he uses a different version of Lord. And this is the Lord that we probably think it means, right? This person in your life that has ultimate authority of your life that you uh, follow, that you serve, that you respect. And he's saying that Yahweh is my Lord, that God is my only hope, right? If there is gonna be a salvation out of this depth, if there is gonna be hope in this dark night, if I'm going to find some kind of relief from the weight on my shoulders, there's only one solution and his name is Yahweh. And so I cry out to the Lord. And then he says, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. Who do you cry out to when you feel like you're drowning in the depths or when you feel like you're lost in darkness or when you feel like that crushing weight on your shoulders? Who do you cry out to? And are you confident that the one who you cry out to can hear you? Are you confident that they can do something about it? Students, this is our God. This is our Lord. That when you cry out, in those moments when you feel alone, he hears you and he's with you and he is the only one that can do something about it. And so the psalmist cries out to the Lord as the only hope for his salvation, but he continues and he says, if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities or sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness that you may be feared. The psalmist cries out to the Lord, um, but he remembers something about the Lord. He says, oh Lord, if you should mark iniquities, who could stand? What happens when the weight that you feel on your shoulders is self-inflicted? when it is your own sin that has got you stuck in the situation that you're in, or rather the hole or the pit that you're in was dug by your very hands and the shovel in your hands, right? He says, if you should mark iniquities, like if you, should, if you would see and, and, and punish everything that I've done wrong today, every thought that I had, everything that I said, every action that I did, like who could stand? I would be buried underneath that. And sometimes these seasons of darkness in our life, they, they come from uh, others' sins against us, right? Someone has sinned against us or we're, uh, the res we're living in, under the consequence of what something else has done or, or a general brokenness in this world, but... Sometimes the, the struggle or the darkness that we feel is because of our own sin. But whether it's someone else's sin or our own sin, in these moments, uh, it seems like the only light in the darkness is like the spotlight on like the garbage heap that is our, mis our sins, our mistakes, everything that we've done wrong. And we, we say with the psalmist, I, I can't stand I can't stand under this weight. Like nobody knows my sin better than me, right? I, I, we rehearse these things over in our mind. Like I, I know I did this and, and the memories keep coming back and the regrets and the heartaches and, and the weight increases and the burden sits on our shoulders until like we physically can't breathe. And we say, I can't stand under this weight. Lord, if you should mark these iniquities, who could stand? I can't stand. And a lot of us, this is where we get stuck. 
And if the psalmist ended here, if we cut the page, right, cut it in half, we end the psalm here, it's bleak. It's dark. And really, there's no point to living at this point. And some of us have been in this place. We've been stuck here. We know people who have been stuck here. A lot of our uh, people that we've been connected with, we've lost through things like suicide because of these moments of darkness and we say we can't stand. However, verse four opens with a very important word. And he says, but. But with you, there is forgiveness that you may be feared. When we look at our sin, we say, I can't stand. But when we look at our God, we say, I am forgiven. In this dark moment of of the night, the psalmist has called out to the Lord and he is sitting in this moment and he's flashback, he's transported back to his good like Hebrew school and he's sitting down with all of his Hebrew classmates and, and they're memorizing parts of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, and he remembers this phrase from Exodus 34 where he says, God, a God gracious and merciful, abounding in steadfast love, and he says, wait a minute, There is forgiveness, but with you, O Lord, there is forgiveness that you may be feared. That we'd have reverence and respect. As we look at our sin, uh, we see ourselves like a, like a bug or like an ant. I just killed a bug in my office this week and I thought it was really brave, right? For this bug that it's like crushed under the shoe. Like there's no hope, they're crushed under that weight. But as we look at who our God is abounding in steadfast love and mercy, when we see 1 John 1, 9, where he says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you. We don't see someone who says, man, I told you so. Like, I knew that you were a screw up. Like, I knew that you were just worthless, that you just make these mistakes. The picture is rather like a small child who's carrying like the hiking backpack for his family and is being crushed under the weight of that backpack. Like he can't carry that backpack. He's too small. It's too heavy. And the father comes and he just picks that backpack off of the kid's shoulders and wears it himself. This is the picture of forgiveness we get from our God. That our sins, we look at them and we say, I can't stand. I'm buried under this weight. But Jesus on the cross took that weight, right? The wages of sin is death and he took our death, died for us and gave us life. When we look at our God, we can say, I am forgiven. You are not crushed. You do not have to be crushed under the weight of your sins, but you are forgiven. There's a difference between the voice of our accuser of sin and the voice of our God. And I'm inviting you tonight to hear the voice of your God. As you call out to him in seasons of darkness, you can call out to him with confidence because he is a God who loves you, who is abounding in that love, that it's not ending, that it's, it's with you at all times and that he forgives you, that he carries these things for you. So the psalmist calls out to the Lord And he calls out with confidence because he knows that his God is a God of forgiving, of forgiveness. 
right? So we call out to the Lord. We remember the God of mercy. But what happens when you are in that situation and you, you've called out to the Lord? You're in a season of darkness and you, you've called out to the Lord and, and it's like, Lord, please help me. And you remember who he is. You say, I know that you are forgiving. I know that you are with me, but this season hasn't ended, right? The night is still lasting. Like, what do I do when I still feel depressed or I still feel like I'm being crushed under this weight? Like, what do, what do I do when the, when the sun hasn't come up yet? And so he continues in verse five. He says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits and in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. Have you ever watched the sun come up? Whether it's a, a rough night, right, where you're stuck in darkness all night and that sun comes up, or maybe you woke up early specifically to see the sunrise, you know, and those are those magical situations. Most of you probably see the sunrise every day, actually, huh? Because you, like, wake up before the sun is up. Yeah, I remember uh, one time I wanted to take a road trip up to my uh, friend when she lived in Whidbey Island, and I thought I was going to get a really sweet head start. It's like a five, six-hour drive plus a ferry. Anyway, so I woke up at like 3 or 4 a.m. because I wanted to get there by breakfast. I love breakfast. Um, and I just remember I was driving in the darkness for so long, for so long. And I'm like, like losing my mind by like 6.30. And I'm like, where is the sun? You know, and you have those moments where you're watching for the sun. But the kind of watching that the psalmist talks here is not this passive, like, oh, just watching the moments tick by, the half hours, the hours tick by, like, where is the sun? He says, like a watchman for the morning. Now, the Bible gives us a lot of different pictures of like what a watchman is. Um, but one of, the, one of the kinds of watchmen is like a shepherd with his sheep. So imagine this. Sheepies, little sheepies. I love little sheepies, right? They're out in their pasture all day, green hills, rolling hills. They're like eating the daisies and the alfalfa. Do sheep eat alfalfa? I just learned what alfalfa was this weekend, last weekend. Please forgive me for my lack of... Uh, uh, agriculture knowledge. Um, so the sheep are, are, are grazing in the pasture. They're hanging out. Um, and then the sun begins to like wane in the day and the sun starts going down and soon day turns to twilight. And what does a good shepherd do? A good shepherd gathers his sheep. So there's like this big sheep pen with like a wall and rocks around it. And the, a good shepherd is going to grab all his sheep and he's going to bring them and he's going to count them all by name. Like there's Susie and Jimmy, and these are weird sheep names, uh, Lamb Chop and uh, <laughs> uh, Woolen Scarf, you know. Uh, so he pulls all the sheep into their pen. And then what does the shepherd do? Does the shepherd just like peace out and go take a nap? No. <laughs> Why? Because you're in the middle of the wilderness and there's these things called wolves. Wolves. Have you uh, seen the live action version of Beauty and the Beast? Anybody? Yeah. Yes. Okay, wolves. My niece has no concept of scary dogs. Her dog is uh, 185 pounds, just this big lump of love. Um, and he really is, doesn't do anything but lay on the ground and lick your face. Um, 
Uh, so when we watch Beauty and the Beast together, like the wolves come on the screen and I'm like preparing for her to be scared of like the wolves coming onto the screen. And she's like, oh, the puppies. I'm like, no, they're not puppies. She goes, no, they're just grumpy puppies. I'm like, they're a little more than grumpy, right? These are like wolves that are coming to attack the flock, right? They're coming. And so the proper shepherd is like a watchman, right? He watches over this flock of sheep and he's looking for the wolf pack to come in and attack his sheep. And he's standing on guard and he's waiting. And he's uh, through the night, he's a watchman waiting for the morning, but he's not sitting there like, man, do you think the sun's going to come up today? I mean, like it came up yesterday and the day before, and, and the day before, but maybe it might not come up today. I don't know, right? And he's like watching through the night. No, like the, he knows the sun is coming, that the sun will rise. And if he stays diligent through the night to guard the flock, to be a watchman, the sun will come up, relief will come, and he will make it through the night with all of his sheeps intact. And the psalmist uses this type of metaphor to talk about what we do in the dark. What do we do in this endless night as we're waiting for the sun to rise? He says, my soul waits and in his word I hope. My soul waits on the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. So what kind of a watchman is the psalmist? What is he guarding? What are the things that he is guarding through the night? He says, my soul waits for the Lord. My soul waits for the Lord. He's guarding his soul through the long night. And what are the weapons of the shepherd? What does the shepherd use to guard his soul? He says, and in his word, I hope. In his word, I hope. Through the endless night, the psalmist waits and hope on the Lord. Like a watchman, he guards his soul through the word of God. There are seasons of life that are long and there are tough seasons. I don't know if you've experienced one of those rough seasons yet or maybe you've come out of one or maybe you haven't experienced one yet. But this, about this time last year, uh, it was a dark winter. And I mean that literally and metaphorically in my life. Um, I... Last winter was probably one of the roughest winters I've ever been through, emotionally, right? And I'm, I'm struggling with a lot of things. I'm struggling with a, a lot of loneliness. Um, I didn't feel like I had anybody in my life that really cared for me at that time. Um, I was struggling with seeing, like, grief work out in other people's lives. Like, some serious suffering was happening in people's lives that I cared about. Um, I had a lot of anxiety over, like, my workload. I um, was watching how sin was wrecking the lives of some people around me, and I uh, hit a point in the winter where it was just dark upon my soul. And, um, and I got to a, a point where like the, I got stuck in verse three, like we talked about, where when I look at my life, you know, I just see this crushing weight of like, who can stand? Like, I can't stand. And I got to this point and I thought, I just need something louder in my life than my own self-accusation, 
right, than my own like self-hatred. I needed something louder in my life. And I just, I just had to get into the word. Like I, I, I didn't feel like it. I didn't necessarily want to read the word. But I'm like, I need this word to be louder in my life than what I'm hearing in my head. And I just started memorizing Philippians and started reading through. I set out an exact time every day that I was going to read through the Bible. And, um, and that darkness persisted and I persisted. And it honestly was not until like October of this year where I finally felt the release of that. Where after legitimately 10 months of just pursuing the word of God and trying like to put it in my life, that in December I finally felt that release of darkness of like, man, the peace of God has filled my soul again. And there are are moments where those nights just feel endless and we've called out to the Lord and we know who he is, but we have to persist in his word. Like in his word, I hope we need to make it a part of our lives. And even though the waiting is long and the season is long, we continue to memorize this word. We continue to read it. We continue to come together in community where we're telling the word to one another and we're practicing it to one another. And not because oh, good Christians read their Bible. But for the sake of your very soul, we need this in our lives. This is why it's such a big deal for us that we continually turn back to the word week to week to week because if we are left to ourselves, we're unguarded, right? We're, we don't have that watchman over our soul, right? And we need the word and his word, I hope. So we call out to the Lord and we don't call out to uh other things in our lives, when we call out to the Lord, we remember that he's a God of mercy, that we can approach him, and then we wait and hope in the Lord. The sun always rises. There's been nights where, you know, I've been up all night, and that moment when the sun comes up over the hill, it's just like a breath of fresh air. It's like, oh, we made it through. We made it through the long night. The sun always rises. God is faithful to rise the sun every day. And even in our own lives, 1 Corinthians tells us that for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. When we see that dawn, when we realize that we've made it through the night, we realize anew that our God is faithful, that he is good. And our hearts rejoice. We see the psalmist close out these last couple of lines and he's, he himself has made it through the long night. Like a watchman for the morning, he has actively persevered in hoping in God's word and the sun has rose and he's reached the end of the day end of the night, into the day. And he says this. He says, O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. At the end of the night, as the morning comes up, the psalmist knows from experience what he had learned in his good Hebrew classes, right? That God is merciful. At the end of the night, 
into the day, he knows God is good, that he does let the sun rise every single day. He is faithful. He is abounding in steadfast love. He does forgive me. I can trust him. And he he declares hope in the Lord, like hope in the Lord. I know this to be true, hope in the Lord. And he doesn't just declare it to himself, but you see that he declares it to his people. He says, oh, Israel, hope in the Lord. And some of us are back a few verses still, right? There's uh, maybe a few of us that are still experiencing those seasons, that season of, of darkness, and you need to continue to persevere and waiting and hope on the Lord. But some of us have made it out on the other side. And we can tell you by experience that the Lord is good, that he is faithful, that he does keep you, that he will not leave you, but he's with you through all of those things. And we declare those things together. We remind each other together because when your brother or sister is lost in darkness, you can say like, no, I've been there. And he does bring you out on the other side. The sun does rise. And so as we, we see this, I think there's two ways that we can respond as a community. One, like if you have been through a season like that, or if you've experienced God's goodness and faithfulness in your life, declare it. Like tell somebody about it, share your story Tell them the situations and the circumstances where God has been faithful to you, where he's been good, the things that you can be thankful for. And I think the other thing we can do is begin to seek those stories in one another. Like how many of you know the story of the person sitting next to you? Like the story of God's faithfulness in their life, how they came to know Jesus and chose to follow them. That's one of my favorite questions to ask uh, Christians that I've just met like strangers that I know are Christians, is I ask them like, how'd you come to know Jesus? Like, how'd you come to follow him? Because the stories of God's goodness and faithfulness in every individual person's life is remarkable and it will cause you to rejoice in God. You'll see uh, in the notes that we have for you today that each week um, we're doing some Advent-like activities throughout the weeks. And one of the challenges on that sheet this week is to find somebody that, whose story you do not know and ask them, how do you know Jesus? How do you choose to follow him? What's the story in your life where God has been good to you, God has been faithful to you? We can be more than just a fun club because we're not just a fun club. We come together with the same story that we were crushed under the weight of our sin, but Jesus has taken our burden and forgiven us and we live differently now. And we get to share that story together. We get to share our stories with one another. So I challenge you this week, maybe a face in this room or maybe a face that you see every day and you still don't know their story. Ask them, ask them the goodness of God in their life and what he's done in their lives. As we experience these, these moments of darkness, and I think it's important that we reread these texts because for those of us who maybe have experienced these seasons, it's, it's refreshing to know that the Bible shows us how God is with us. And for those of us who maybe um, this isn't, like we're not experiencing a season of darkness right now, these are passages, these are texts that we go back to in different seasons of life when those times come. And, and in, in these moments, we can look to the one who said, I am the light of the world. 
In the book of John, Jesus declares a lot of things about himself, but one of the things he says is that I am the light of the world and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is the word that we can hope in. This is the light that we are promised in our lives because of our relationship with Jesus. And so in the night, when we're wondering what do we do in the darkness, what do we do in these dark seasons, who do we cry out to? In the night, turn to the light. Jesus, our only true source of light, our only hope, cry out to him because you remember that he's full of mercy and you can hope in his word and you can declare his goodness. As we ascended the hill last week and we asked who keeps us and we saw a baby in the manger, we see this week that that baby is the sunrise on our hearts. He is the light of our life. And so as we go and we respond to this word today, I wanna ask you, like, where are you in this psalm? Like, which verse are you presently sitting in? Are you experiencing a moment where Maybe you've been crying out to a lot of different things, a lot of different people that don't hear you <laughs> and that can't do anything about your life. Cry out to the Lord. Have you been crying out to the Lord but are maybe afraid to approach him? Remember that he's a God of mercy and that you don't have to look away in shame, but with open arms, he accepts you and forgives you Maybe you are in a place where you need to remember his word, to be memorizing his word. I encourage you, if you need a place to start, start where we've started this, this series in the Song of Ascents. Like, read, memorize Psalms 120 through 134 over and over again. Make it a part of your life. And maybe you're not in any one of those, but you can declare a story about God. You can share a moment of his faithfulness in your life to somebody else. And these, in these dark seasons of life, in the night of our life, we turn to the light. He is good and he loves us. We're gonna respond really similar to, to how we did last week. As you see up on our wall here, we wrote out prayers last week of, of things um, that we can be thankful for and who God is, like our hope. And this week we're gonna, we have the papers in the back again. And um, this week there's a couple of ways that we can respond to these prayers. Some of us need to write out some prayers of petition or asking like, God, would you please help me with this? Lord, be with me. Remind me that you're here. Remind me that you love me. And some of us need to write out these prayers of declaration like, God, thank you that you have done this in my life. You've shown me that you're good here. You've shown me that you're faithful here. And so as the band comes up, they're just gonna play some music and we're gonna take some time and, and respond to these things. We're gonna go back uh, to those papers back there and we're just gonna write out these prayers, asking the Lord to help us, declaring the goodness of him. And, uh, and then after that, we'll continue in some singing together. But let me pray for us. Lord God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that 
what you show us in your word is not some false version of life where everything is perfect, God, but you uh, show us your truth where it hits the ground to where we stand, where we are, are in situations and we, we wonder where you are. God, your word meets us there. And Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ here in this room. God, I pray that whatever they're facing in their life right now, that they would sense your very near presence to them. Lord, I pray that if they're wondering where you are, if they feel like they're lost in darkness, Lord, that you would become near to them, Lord, that in your word that you would train them and teach them about who you are, that they would feel your love. I pray for anyone who is being buried under a weight, God, that you would lift that burden like a loving father, that you would carry that for them. And we thank you that you are faithful and just to do that. God, I pray for those in here that have come out of some tough seasons of life and they can look back with clear eyes and say, the Lord really is good. I had to remind myself then, but I know it now. The Lord is good. He is faithful. He will keep me. And Lord, I pray for those in here that may not know you. That when they call out, in tough seasons that they don't know who they call out to. God, I pray that you would show them a real clear picture of who you are. A God so full of love and mercy that it's overflowing that we can't contain it. A God so full of love that you would send your son Jesus to die for things that we deserve to die for so that you could carry that weight. Lord, I pray that they would see that God and know that they can call out to you. God, I pray that we would become a community of citizens who its habit is to declare your goodness. May we be a gospel declaring, a word declaring, a goodness of God declaring people. God, we thank you for who you are. Thank you that you never leave us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.